0: Truth
1: News Network. It is your circus. They are your monkeys. How are you going to manage the rings? A little help, a little vision,
2: a little wisdom that comes from truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. And Dan Newman.
1: Uh, That would be me. And this is Truth News Network's TNN Live. We're so glad you joined us this morning. It's Wednesday, hump day, halfway to the weekend. Are you already looking for the weekend? If you're like me, I always look at Wednesday as a great day because I'm just about to get cranking for the weekend where I can do whatever the heck I want to do. We have a lot to get into today. And guess who just walked into the studio? Steve Baker. Now, I promised you he wasn't here yesterday. I'm sure a lot of people tune in and missed him. And of course, they'll all be back today because we touted it, we pushed it. Everybody at TNN Live likes Steve Baker. I don't know why, but they like Steve Baker. I'm kidding, of course. He's a good friend. He's actually in town. He's going to be telling us a lot of what's going on with him. Plus, he and I are going to break down a bunch of stuff. But we've got more important things to do right now. I'm looking at Steve on a plate of fresh, homemade cinnamon roll. (laughs) You can't make that up. It seems like... When my wife knows Steve's coming to the studio, she makes certain that day is the day when she cooks cinnamon rolls. So while Steve is imbibing, and I'm not, by the way, how about some good music? Uh Uh-huh. Especially for Mr. Baker, who's a Chicago fan. By the way, this isn't Chicago. It's that Russian group from last time. sound just
2: like chicago they're incredible
1: i can't even uh, it's it's a russian guy that yeah. does it
2: all you can you can lean Leon Leonid, Leonid and in friends yeah i've been yeah. following these guys for years uh that
1: that's just one version
2: of yeah. it i mean pretty much
1: they cover everything chicago did and do as good or better mm-hmm. job
2: and they do some of the other horn band classics too from the 70s yeah
1: well hi there hey good morning mr dan what brings you to the muddy banks of the red river
2: <laughs> Well, you know i i do seem to get down here a lot and it's not always purposeful i'm usually heading somewhere else and i'm passing through and to get back to the east coast i have to pass through again on my way back so i i'm i'm here often but i'm i'm down here uh, to shoot a documentary in texas uh when i say i'm shooting i'm being interviewed for a January 6th-related documentary. It's actually a pretty uh, impressive group of people that are doing this. They're they're Hollywood veterans, and they have released a— their part one was called Capital Punishment, and it came out in late 2021, so within a year after the event. And this is their follow-up. So there's obviously been a lot of follow-up taking place in this uh, ongoing story since then. And I've, you know, somehow I've become part of that story as well, as you may know. Well,
1: you were right in the middle of it. Why wouldn't you be a part of it today? Um, There's a lot I want to talk to you about, about that January 6th stuff and the fallout that's happening in our political system. People are scared to death to even talk about it. Um. (laughs) It, it, it's kind of like the voting irregularity. You know, the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you even mention it now.
2: Oh, oh, right, right, right.
1: I have three people that I know of, three bloggers, three podcasters, that Dominion Voting Systems has come after them. Nobody would know who they are because they harped on the fact that Dominion Voting Systems were involved in the cheating mm-hmm. in the 2020 election. And it, 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 let me tell you how serious it is. I went, and on our website, we carried some stories that referenced that. Everybody did. Yeah. I cleaned them up.
2: You already went in and cleaned them up. I went, yeah, out
1: just because. I mean, you think about it. Dominion Voting Systems, multi-billion-dollar corporation right. that the Chinese Communist Party owns a chunk of. They don't care. They're going to go stifle any kind of speech that's out there that makes them look bad.
2: It's a huge chilling effect, and it's not just because of the election uh, controversy, and it's not just because of what's happening in January 6th. It is a concerted worldwide effort that's taking place, and we know that. It, it is It is permeating every single institution, every single avenue of our life. We have we, we are now, and they are successful in getting us to do that. We check ourselves more before we say anything to anybody than we ever have before. And not because we're, we say bad words or because we say offensive things or are politically incorrect things. We're literally afraid now because now we know if I say the wrong thing, like you and I, will you be kicked off the radio? Will my log be closed down? Yeah. Or will they just shut down my payment processing system and I can no longer afford to do what I'm doing?
1: We're really close to that being a reality yeah. in that we're being told every day there is about to be a federal cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that we're going to flip our fiat system over and there'll be a crypto dollar. Yeah. And when they do that, everybody thinks, oh, it's to make it easier for us. You can go online and pay for everything out of your checking account. It's universal. Everybody's going to accept it. But here's what they will be able to do. And by the way, this is not a pipe dream that's out there. This is in the process of being rolled out. It will be rolled out during the Biden administration. I promise you. It's coming. Let's say that uh, that movie, 2,000 Mules, that came out, that mm-hmm. exposed a lot of online digital wrongdoing in the election of 2020. Let's say uh, you have a date, and you and your date want to go see a movie like that. Maybe you didn't see it already, and so... You go to get your tickets using your card on your crypto account, and it's declined Right. because if you're a 2020 election denier, yeah. you're not worthy of spending money. That's how bad it will become. Now, there are many other cryptocurrencies out there. In fact, most of the other ones, they're not attached to any government. They're self-sustaining, mm-hmm. and that won't be the case. But in back-to-back days, two weeks ago, the International Monetary Fund and the European Union, they both announced they have completed their creation of their cryptocurrency, and they're pushing it out in the next few months, and it's going to do the same thing. It's about more yep. government control. They'll be able to see anything and everything you do. There will someday maybe, n- uh, no necessity to f- file an income tax return because they see everything you You did. Economically, it's getting to be where big brother is getting to be a bigger brother.
2: It's already illegal to buy anything in Europe with more than a thousand euros. So anything for cash rather. So you can't spend cash. If you've got, if you've got $1,200 in your pocket, or 1,200 euros rather, in your pocket and you're walking the streets of uh, Lisbon, Portugal or whatever and you you see a nice piece of jewelry or something in the shop that you want to buy your wife while you're on holiday over there, uh, it's illegal. You can actually be not only fined in Europe, but you can be imprisoned for spending more than $1,000 in cash on any one item. And, and the uh, head of the European Union Banking uh, cartel just... I think it was just only two weeks ago I saw the video it was it was her on the video I don't think it was a deep fake AI <laughs> program but it was her and she said yeah we're uh, we're thinking that we probably need to lower that to around three or four hundred euros just to be safe because too many people can exploit even at those lower numbers they can exploit that uh, for criminal activities a
1: couple of years ago I spent about 45, maybe 60 days in Europe, in Switzerland primarily, but I went to Germany and Liechtenstein and Austria, then went to Northern Italy. When I got off the bullet train in Milan, Italy, we got a cab to go to the hotel where we were staying. We get to the hotel, the cabbie wouldn't take my credit card, wouldn't take my U.S. dollars. And so we had to go into the hotel and get somebody behind the desk to come out we checked in first real quickly, got the cabbie to wait, got them to come out and tell them we're okay. It's okay to accept that. It, I think it was a debit card. It may have been a <laughs> MasterCard, a Visa. I don't Correct. know. But that was four, five, six years ago. Man, somebody smarter than you or me once said, the love of money is the root of all evil. Pretty much everything we see going on, especially at the government level, did probably, if it's unexplainable, it probably is evil. I'm just saying.
2: Somebody also, maybe smarter than you and I, also said, no man will buy or sell. And that's actually where we're headed right now, is they're putting us in a position right now where they can control every decision that we make on a financial basis because if we can't as you as you said if, if we can't reach in our pocket and grab cash and or the vendor or the merchant can't accept cash and whether it's swiping our card whether it's scanning our phone or whether it's wiping our fingerprint or a hand across a, a scanner or our eye you know our, our, our retina scanner whatever the case may be wherever they process the or initiate the payment from if at the other end of that, transaction electronically there's a warning sign that says oh well that guy um, he walked through the capitol with a trump flag on january 6th so (laughs) he can't get on this train
1: as joe biden says that's a maga republican (laughs) that's right i mean it's crazy how it's going listen we got a few things we need to tell you about we had a shooting in bosier city this morning i don't know if you've heard about this some guy Driving through town, apparently he pulled off of I twenty into a concession, uh, a convenience store, service station combined. He shot and killed the person behind the counter, and shot and killed someone else. Bozier City, Louisiana. That kind of stuff doesn't happen very often in North Louisiana. I mean, you and I grew up here. We yeah. we we remember when we had some tough times a long time ago, but it's pretty much. Been for Shreveport and Bossier City, they're they're two different cities. Only thing that separates them is the Red River. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, you drive over the bridge, you're in Bossier. You come back over, you're right in Shreveport. But it's virtually been um, we got crime, yeah, but typically not that kind of crime. Mm. I don't have any of the details, but it happened there. And of course, I'm sure you heard overnight, Texas cops. They got the guy, the shooter that killed all those people, the illegal that had been deported four times previously right. and just shows up again. We don't have a border crisis. Well, the border's not open, Dan. No, no. I no, just no. saw it this week. No, they got it all. They got it all covered up down there. It, it, the,
2: the, they told us <laughs> to our face. They said the border is not open. They say that As independent journalists are standing down there and filming (laughs) thousands of people pouring across, not only uh, on dry land, but marching through the Rio Grande as they carry their children above their heads or their, you know, their uh, minuscule amount of belongings. And we're... At the same exact moment, it's it's the same kind of thing when they say it's a mostly peaceful pro- protest, as a fire as a building is on fire behind the journalist. That they, actually happened. It yes. happened in Minneapolis. Remember that? Yes, of course. It's a mostly peaceful protest. Yeah. CNN and the and the building is <laughs> on fire behind him. They have they have gotten to the point where they can with impunity and without being challenged. Because as as I've said before, I think I think I may have said these words just last week on last week's program, I and I, I repeat it all over. It's a mantra of mine. If the New York Times, Washington Post, NBC, ABC, NPR, at all, if they don't say it, then it never happened. Yeah, and and, and the flip side, of course, is is if they say it, well, then it's gospel. And, and it doesn't matter that what's happening on the other side of the ledger. It doesn't matter what blaze TV or Dan Newman or Ben Shapiro or Steve Baker is saying, our voices are being marginalized right now. And this is what happened to Tucker. It's a, it's, it's Tucker's going to be fine. Sure. But they're, they're shoving him off into that corner so they can say, okay, see now he's an extremist because he's going to end up aligning with someone He's going to end up either doing his own thing on Rumble or he's going to get a big payday from Daily Wire or Blaze TV or somebody like that.
1: Well, all of those have made him offers. He's got a $100 $100 million offer from a a company that's basically brand new. Some billionaire guy is getting cranked. Tucker's going to be fine. He'll make more money than he ever made at Fox News. He will.
2: But they play the long game, Dan. And when I say they, this progressive... Um, Spirit of the Age, New World Order, Great Reset, BlackRock. <laughs> we can go down the list and we can name them off. And whoever pulls Biden's puppet strings, the, the the point is is they're playing the long game here. Yeah. And and Tucker being booted off Fox is not going to hurt Tucker today, but they are setting up the next phase, yeah. the next round.
1: Yeah. We have many things we're going to dive into. Steve Baker, if you just joined us, is in studio with us, something that doesn't happen very often. But when he's in town, we love for him to come by as he's sitting there with a cinnamon roll piece in his <laughs> mouth. My wife makes the most amazing cinnamon rolls. I love them. And to be honest with you, I don't eat them. <laughs> I had one this morning out of the same pan yours came mm. out of, but they're really good. All that being said, we've got business to take care of. Some other news came in about that Texas shooting that kind of shocked me. Texas cops say they've arrested multiple people after catching this gunman. Francesco Oropesa was found hiding in a laundry basket in Conroe, Texas. If you don't know where that is, it's a northern suburb of Houston. And San Jacinto County Sheriff's Office said that at least one other person was arrested. They wouldn't say who they would apprehended. Would not confirm if one of those taken to jail was his wife. A woman called Diva Mara Lamar Nava was booked into Montgomery County Jail last night for hindering the apprehension of that felon. This guy's been deported four previous times. And we don't have an open border, remember? Steve just told us. We've heard the Biden administration, Homeland Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas says it all the time. A flood of people coming in. 1,700 dead immigrant bodies found on U.S. soil since Joe Biden's been president. They were trying to come over because Joe opened the door and waved them in. 1,700. Eighty-five. 1,000 unaccompanied immigrant kids have gone missing. The Biden administration doesn't know where they are. But but, but there's nothing bad going on down And you know I know a little bit about that. Yeah, I know. We're on the other side of the break we're about to go to. We're going to let Steve tell us a little bit about some of those 85,000 kids. And, of course, we're going to launch into the latest greatest on Fox News and on Tucker And what's going on there and how it may apply to all of us, because it will. And in that conversation, I've got some news about BlackRock, Vanguard, Dominion Voting Systems, and Fox News. Steve Baker's with us for... I don't know how long. Normally, he's in our second hour, but cinnamon rolls brought him. So
2: so when I run out of this cinnamon roll, I may be... Uh, there's another, there's oh, another well, five okay. or six out there. Oh, well, then I can stay the whole time then.
1: Yeah, you can. <laughs>
2: Whatever you want to do. Back after this at TNN Live. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is
1: like no other
2: experience, especially for guys. At Cordell & Cordell, our clients want
1: a
3: partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust.
2: Someone who understands
3: where they are
2: and how to get them out.
3: We are the attorneys of Cordell & Cordell.
2: We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell & Cordell, a partner men can count. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at cordellcordell.com.
1: It's
2: mycomputercareer.edu. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents A Word from Your Wallet. Dow oh, oh, ah. are we at the gas station? Oh. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices too. I'm <laughs> the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership.
3: Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save nineteen cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to six cents a gallon. Wow, that
2: sure adds up.
3: <laughs> Fat wallets are very in
2: right now. Right now, motorcraft air filter replacement is just nineteen ninety-five or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as ten percent. Well done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet well i didn't want to be a pain in Uh, 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 the hurry in for the best deals we've had in years money-saving rebates on brakes batteries tires and more see your participating ford dealer today
1: in a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country you need a break from the madness your doctor of sanity again dan newman Steve Baker in studio with us this morning, and there's a lot of insanity that happens every day up on Capitol Hill. We all know that. Going on right down the Senate is that crazy thing that Democrats in the Senate think that they have the right and they need to hold Supreme Court justices to a ethics standard. Well, there is one. There always has been one, and from the very beginning of the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court ethics requirements were developed by justices on the Supreme Court. Go figure. You would think that uh, because they're lifetime appointments, and when they're appointed and confirmed by the Senate, you would think those people would say, okay, these people are good enough, they're sharp enough, they're going to do the right thing, and leave them alone. Ha, ha, ha. Not happening. Yesterday, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley, in a committee hearing about this, he just ripped right into the Democrats. Listen to Hawley and this drilling that only he can do. Thanks, Senator Booker. Senator Hawley.
3: Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of the witnesses for being here. I want to talk about this letter that I think 11 Democrat senators signed, dated March 31st, 2023. It's to members of the Appropriations Committee. I'm just looking here at the signatories. It includes quite a number of members of this committee, as well as others. This is a very interesting letter to me. And I just want to look a little bit at some of the language and what these senators are are asking for. They say that Congress uh, ought to impose a code on the Supreme Court. They say Congress has broad authority to compel the Supreme Court to institute reforms. Compel. And then they go on and say Congress's appropriations power is one tool for achieving these changes. Compel. Now, we're going to compel the court. We're going to use the appropriations power. How to do it? Well, they're, they're very specific. Congress should withhold appropriations. Withhold appropriations. And then they go on to say nothing stops Congress from treating the judiciary any differently than any other entity of government when faced with judicial recalcitrance. So here we have judicial recalcitrance. These darn judges won't do what we tell them to do. So we're going to compel them to do what we want. And we're going to use the appropriations power. All right. What appropriations? Well, they ask for $10 million to be withheld. That's an interesting number to me. $10 million, $10 million. Why $10 million? Well, well, Let's have a look at the Supreme Court's 2024 budget request. What do we see? Well, we see $4 million of request for security funding from the CHIPS Act. $4 million. Then we see an additional $6 million of more security funding. That the court is asking for. This is their 2024 budget request. The Supreme Court is asking for four million in security funding from one source and another six million over and above. Four plus six equals ten. Ten million dollars of security funding that the court is specifically asking for this year in their budget request. And that just happens to be magically the exact same number that my Democrat colleagues want to deny the Supreme Court unless they stop their judicial recalcitrance and submit to the compulsion of this body. So, in other words, the threat is, we will deny you security unless you do what we want. Let me say it again. We will deny you security unless you do what we want. We had an assassin come to the home of Justice Kavanaugh and try to murder him. We have had credible threats on the lives of other justices. And now members of this body say we will deny you security for you, your families, your children, unless you do what we want. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Judge Mukasey, can I just ask you, longtime distinguished jurist, former Attorney General of this country, do you think it's appropriate to threaten the security of, of justices of the United States and their families? in order to get them to comply with the wishes of this body? No. Have you you heard of something like this being done before? I have not. I haven't either. And I have to say, at a time when we have had three different credible assassination attempts or threats against justices, we still have people illegally going to the justices' homes to attempt to influence their decisions in cases. No one has been prosecuted for those violations. We have constant threats and danger to their children. We had radicals tell, uh, post publicly the school location of one of the justices' children. And in that context, to say that we will deny them millions of dollars in security funding unless they do what this body wants, I think is the height of irresponsibility. And frankly, I, I, I can't believe that I'm seeing it. I guess it's just of a piece with what we've seen from the majority leader who said that, what was it, Schumer, he said, Kavanaugh and, and Gorsuch, that you will reap the whirlwind. Well, I guess we're, we're reaping the whirlwind now, that they're just on their own unless this judicial recalcitrant stops. I hope that we don't have to see another assassination attempt. I hope we don't have to have a justice actually killed Before this body will take judicial security seriously and stop its attempts to coerce an independent branch of government.
1: There was a prime example of the love of money is the root of all evil. Democrats threatening and writing Supreme Court justices, hey, if you don't do what we tell you you need to do, we're going to cut all of the funding for your personal security. And we watched after the Dobbs decision how much trouble those people got into had a murderer an attempted murderer go after a Supreme Court justice, people attacking their children at school, at their homes. Democrats to me, and Steve Baker's with us here in the studio, Democrats to me are on another planet politically. I don't understand. Do their people, their minions, their mob, Are they so far in the tank that they either can't or don't want to look at things and analyze them factually? Because I can't see anybody thinking that what they're doing or trying to do regarding the Supreme Court is okay.
2: Remember a few minutes ago when I said that they played the long game? Yeah. Well, part of that long game has been, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, Dan. Not we've heard about the march through the institutions, and we've heard we've heard about all of that. Uh, They have been prepping, preparing, and educating to put these types of individuals into power, into office. That they don't. It's not. I honestly don't think they have the ability to reason any longer. These are programmed individuals. We heard about during, we heard about during the COVID lockdowns, that, that new catchphrase, a mass formation psychosis. Well, uh, they've known about that for hundreds of years. I mean, psychologists in, in the earliest days, going back to the, the 17th, 18th century, they knew about mass psychosis. They were able to identify with that when it happened. And then in their own research and study of history, you can go back as far as you want to, and you can see examples of that taking place historically. But when you learn from history, you learn how to take advantage of those tools to program people. And it's not just programming uh, an entire populace of 300 people to mask up and take a vaccine that they don't want or that sort of thing they have been working on a specific mindset and through our institutions, through our education programs, through our entertainment, uh, outlets, obviously through big tech today and through the internet, they have been able to accelerate that process. But what's happening is, is they are now, they have, you know what, the best way I can say it is these are, these are drones. It's exactly what they are. I'm a, I'm a science fiction guy. And it's they have programmed a class of individual that can somewhat eloquently speak. We can certainly think of other examples of those who can't, but <laughs> but yeah, but, but they but they they can they can handle themselves well enough to get elected in whatever district that they're they're in. But at the same time that they've been programming the. Uh, the leadership drones who are being elected to these positions, whether it's locally in their school board or whether it's to their, their district in Congress and going to Capitol Hill, at the same time, they've been successfully programming the people in their districts to accept that mouthpiece. Right. And as a result of that, what's happening is exactly what you identified. We're sending people to Congress who it's not possible, apparently, for them to reason. That's why they can look at us. That's why somebody like, you know, Corinne Jean-Pierre can look at us or Mayorkas can look at us and say, as you all know, the border is closed. Why, why is it closed? Because we told you that. We told you that six months ago. Weren't you listening then? <laughs> and a million people have, have you know, uh, uh, flowed across since then, since the last time we told you. Five million
1: while Joe Biden's been in the White House. Yeah. Five million illegals. But those are close. the ones that we know about, basically, and they add in the gotaways, how many more are there? Where are they? Just segue right into right. this. Those 85,000, and of course, we heard from Border Patrol agents, the missing children number is not 85,000. Mm-hmm. It's
2: over 100,000.
1: Where are those kids, Steve?
2: I'll tell you what, Dan. You know, uh, only a few months ago, I was passing through Shreveport yet again because I was going down to Houston. I had stumbled on by pure accident. It was not. Uh, it was not a story that I was seeking out. It was not a story I ever really wanted to follow. I mean, obviously, I'm interested in the plight of of kids in the plight of particularly. Uh, kids that are being trafficked for whatever reason—if it's for illegal labor or sex trafficking or whatever—you know, obviously my ears are going to perk up when you hear or read a story about something like that. I never thought that I would find myself in the middle of that as I did back last uh, August and September, but it happened. And as a result of me stumbling into that world, I did what a investigative reporter is going to do, and I started asking questions, and I started seeking, and I started making contacts and the, the kind of contacts that took me all the way up into um, the upper echelons of uh, uh, our, our intelligence and investigative uh, law enforcement agencies without naming names right now. And, and even, even in the lo- local, local um, uh, policing agencies there in Houston. And I came out of it absolutely stunned. And, and Dan, I came out of it ultimately with, individuals 20 years plus in the FBI telling me you need to be careful. You don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know when that next rock you overturn and look under it is going to cost you your life. And, and the reason why this is, this is coming straight from the individuals who have worked in this, this, um, well, I, I guess we can call it a marketplace. I was trying to—I was looking for another word right then, but it is a that's marketplace. That's what it is. I mean, yeah, they're using is. these kids. That's money. Yeah, it's, it, it, you follow the money. And they're being distributed as products very successfully, very organized. These cartel leaders are the, the equivalent of multinational CI, CEOs in terms of their, their intelligence, how they administrate their business, and how they distribute their product. And then we're talking about the product of children. And they're distributing this product in the United States. And this is frightening, Dan. So you talked about the 85,000 children that have just recently, where did they go?
1: Well, they weren't recently. They just lost track of them. They lost track of them. Here's what happens. These kids are separated from the adults that they come with. And they are assigned to these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations. Most of them have a religious affiliation. And these people are supposed to place them and then... Mayorkas was asked before Congress last week, what are you finding out about those kids? Who's calling, who's checking to make sure where they are assigned to adults, how they're doing. They don't even follow through and check up on those kids. So they've just lost track.
2: I'm going to say it right here on the air. Go ahead. I had two different, large, mainstream media devout Catholic investigative reporters told me when I was in the middle of this investigation project, do not contact Catholic charities. They said, do not. If you do that, you're basically placing a phone call to the cartel and telling them that you're looking at them.
1: So what they told you is the cartels are negotiating deals for those kids with those charities.
2: I was told by an FBI source, 20 plus years, he said that he works off of what he called the 2% rule. Did I ever tell you about that? No. The 2% rule is this. He said, regardless of what agency you're dealing with, it was if it's the local Houston police, if it's the Texas state police, or it's the FBI, he said 2% of that force is already owned and compromised by the cartel. He said so when you start asking questions and you make a phone call to a department like the Houston police and there's 5,000 cops let's say uh, in that in that department, do the math. He said that's your that's your russian roulette game you're playing about who you're going to get on the phone.
1: Who can believe that kind of stuff is actually happening here? Nobody wants to believe there's that much evil, but as We said a couple of times today already, the love of money is the root of all evil. Cartels are running our southern border, and basically, Harris County, where Houston is, sounds to me like they're doing a good job, or not maybe a good job. They're working hard and controlling Harris County police, the Houston Police Department, or at least enough of the department to be able to market those that are coming across the southern border. It's untenable that this kind of stuff could be happening in the United States of America. Steve Baker in studio with us today. I want to talk about Tucker Carlson, Fox News, also Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. Donald Trump back in the news. I'm going to get your fix. Now, we already know. You've told us on this show before. When he first ran, you didn't vote for him. You weren't a fan. But then when you start looking at Donald Trump and... And everybody else, <laughs> looking right now, things may change there. There's news out yesterday late about what Americans are thinking about our former president. We have that. We're also, as we said, going to talk about Tucker, Fox News, Vanguard, and BlackRock. That's all next. Real truth. Real news. TNN. The Truth News Network. What happens when a young singer gets to cut a track with an R&B star? Yo! Or a young activist gets to chop it up with their hero? Oh, snap! You get McDonald's Black and Positively Golden Mentors, the series elevating the next generation of changemakers. Each episode, a must-see passing of the torch between the culture leaders of today and the young leaders of tomorrow. Check out Black and Positively Golden Mentors on Instagram at WeAreGolden. Look out,
0: world. We got it from here.
3: Welcome to Staples.
2: Staples guy, my company has like seven different printers. How's your ink selection? Behold, Staples Wall of Ink.
0: Just wow. A huge selection of ink and toner, guaranteed in stock. Hello, awesome. If it's not, we take $10 off and
2: ship it to you free. Pinch me. I said pinch. I heard you. New low prices on ink and toner and an in stock guarantee. Staples, make more happen.
3: New homeownership can be a real eye-opener but it's the perfect time to look into Homeowner 101 from The Home Depot. Free live streaming workshops taught by expert associates now at homedepot.com/workshops. You'll find indoor and outdoor workshops, even home systems workshops. Plus you'll get the know-how you need to care for your biggest investment. Master the basics at Homeowner 101, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Register now at homedepot.com/workshops.
2: Enrique Santos for Taco Bell. The toasted cheddar chalupa from Taco Bell is back, and I know what you're thinking, because I'm thinking the same thing. Did they really toast six-month-old aged cheddar right onto a delicious flaky chalupa shell again? Yes, they did, but now it's even tastier. It comes with a crunchy taco, cinnamon twist, and a medium drink, all in a $5 box. That's right, all that for just a little cheddar. But don't forget, it's back for a limited time. The $5 toasted cheddar chalupa box, only at Taco Bell.
1: One of my favorite artists of all time is Bill Withers. Yeah. You remember him? <laughs> of course. True story. I was at Louisiana Tech. I was a, I believe it was a sophomore, and Bill Withers came in concert. Now, at that time, he was older than most other people, and he had a, a group behind him. And I'll tell you the group name in just a minute, but Louisiana Tech is in Ruston, Louisiana. It's four miles from Grambling, where Grambling University is. Mm-hmm. Bill Withers, African-American singer, good guy, songwriter, a bunch of grambling students came over. Now, this is in the early 70s when things racially were not uh, really cool in the South. Right. right. And I'm, I'm being kind when I use the word yeah. cool. And so these grambling students, they just started heckling him. Um, I mean, all the way through the concert. And finally, he had had enough. And he looked at him, and he used the N-word when he talked to him because he had that right. right. He, he is black, or was black. He's passed away now. And he told him, he said, listen here, you. Mm. Look up on this stage. You see all these musicians behind me and me. We make more in our lifetimes in a year than most of you will make in your lifetimes. And we're all black. We've crawled out of where you're living right now. You need to just shut up and face reality. And then they roll right into their next song.
2: <laughs>
1: just, just an aside, while we're uh, talking about all these contentious, controversial things today, there are so many moving parts in our government. Now, we almost daily have something big, new, that comes up on the national stage CNN Live, we have so much content. I can't tell you, when we get prepped for this show, and I go through two or three times, I actually will start about noon today, going through, perusing news, looking for the big things, because there's always one or two things that are really big that slip through the cracks, at least for a day or so. Finding those and putting them together, we can't do on air, we can't do 20% of what's out there. We just have to determine which ones we want or we think are the biggest and the most important to bring to our audience. And I'm pretty sure that's why a lot of people that come here, they come here because they get a straight shot. We'll give them sources, information. We'll give them our opinion when it's an opinion. We'll say, this looks like it's real, but we're still researching it, but wanted you to know about it, that it's out there. And if we find out it's not real, we'll come back and tell you. I think people like that because we're not seeing that. You were just saying during that commercial break, half of our country has got brain numbed, and they don't really care. It's like if it's not right in their face, directly impacting them at that moment, they don't give a rip about it. And our leadership in Washington have just gone almost totally into the tank, and it's about accumulation. I used to say it was about money. It's not. It's accumulation of anything and everything they want for themselves personally and for those that are right along with them. You used the term cartel a minute ago, talking about what's happening at the southern border. Two years ago, I came up with the name the Biden Family Syndicate. There's more news out this Mm -hmm. morning. Joe Biden has been, is today, connected from top to bottom in every shenanigan across Europe, Asia, and the United States financially. It is a syndicate. Now, I'll get blasted. I'll get some texts and emails. How do you know that, Dan? You're degrading the president of the United States. Look, when it quacks and waddles here in Louisiana, it's always a duck. Mm -hmm. Follow the money. It's there. It's time for the American people to stop acting like there's no there there. If it was me, if it was you, Steve, if it was Donald Trump, under the same circumstances, we'd be getting fitted for our jail outfits. Right. And yet, half the nation is still, well, not quite half, I think it's down in the 30s now, but most Americans for a long time thought just because he's a Democrat, because he's been in the Senate for half a century that he's the guy and he can do a better job and now we're all living through it. Everything negative we've talked about so far this morning wouldn't be happening if the Trump administration policies had been left in place. How much did you pay for gas per gallon coming here from North Carolina?
2: Uh too much, w- way too much. I mean, I, I, the average was about 3.29 to 3.39 and it, of course it drops a little bit as you get closer to Louisiana and yeah, North does. Carolina. But uh,
1: the day Joe Biden was elected president, yeah. at the same service station I fill up at all the time, the day he was elected, I paid 69 a dollar sixty nine a gallon for regular gasoline. Right. It's two dollars and ninety one cents now. Now that seems like nothing. You know, a dollar and thirty cents more, no big deal. Americans can sustain that. Have you been to the grocery store? Right. <laughs> we use here. At TNN Live, we use—I forget what brand it is—but when we buy bread, it's that 45 calorie per slice stuff. Right, whole grain.
2: Yeah,
1: they didn't raise the price of it, but the bread inside the bags it is shrunk. It shrunk. I mean, it's not even—they're not even trying to disguise it. Yeah, no. it's demonstrably smaller the pieces of bread and that goes from top to bottom in everything we do everything we have i guarantee you the inflation numbers they're telling us are real yeah they're not even close to being
2: real well and and you 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 make a perfect example dan there's so much of whether it's taxation or inflation that is smoke and mirrors it's diversionary it's because as they say when they when they vilify the billionaires are the are the, the, the large corporations and they say that they're not paying their fair share. Okay, great. Bernie Sanders the other day, as you saw, he said that there shouldn't even be, any, be anyone allowed to be a billionaire. Once you make $999 million, that's enough and that the government should have the rest. Well, that's a, a effectively emasculating what, what um, Ayn Rand called the men of the mind, people that make things happen and make things work and and you you emasculate and take away all the great developments and inventions if you take away their ability to reinvest and put money into R&D but that is exactly what happens with these smoke and mirrors because if you raise that kind of taxation on the the the, the wealthy and say they're not paying their fair share they just pass the cost of that Because that's a cost of their doing business. Absolutely. Whether it's taxes or whether it's their light bill or whether it's their their salaries that they have to pay out to their workforce, that's just an inherent embedded cost of doing business. And as a result, that's always passed on to us. Every single time that the United States government or your local government has ever raised taxes on big business, that was a tax increase on us. So when Joe Biden says, you're... Your tax rate, if you make less than $400,000 a year, you're not going to pay a single dime more. That's a lie. He's been in government long enough to know that he's lying, even in his dementiated state right now. He still knows that he's lying when he says that because he knows that when IBM or... Exxon or Apple or anyone else has to pay, you know, 30% more or 10% more, whatever, that that cost is going to be passed down. And then if they don't cost the pass down, they hide it in another way. They just make the loaf of bread smaller. So you're paying more for less. They can hide that in many ways, but it still ultimately hits every one of us in the middle class.
1: And then there's the other thing that's happening out in California. This group that's come up with this reparations thing. Of all the insanity of the woke mob, mm-hmm. I got to be honest about this. This is the thing that intrigues me the most. There's something new about it. We'll get into that in just a second. But the whole theory about reparations they want me and you, who we never owned any slaves, they want us to pay them, and they were never slaves, mm-hmm. money. For somebody else that was in slavery years ago, and that's supposed to be equitable, not fair, equitable. That's a big difference. They want to take equality out of our language and replace it with equity because people decide what is equitable. Equality, you don't have to decide anything. It's just everybody's the same. Same opportunities, same abilities. If, if you have it and you have the desire you can go achieve it. Not Government's not going to stop you. Black residents of California, we have been told yesterday, should be given a slavery reparation down payment. Down payment. Mm, down and payment. And do that down payment as soon as possible. They've got a task force that was created by the government out there, and Gavin Newsom signed this task force legislation and, It's a real deal. Started back when the Black Lives Matter group just went nuts up in Minneapolis and just started doing whatever they're doing up there. And they've come up in California, they came up with some numbers. $800 billion worth of reparations are due for every black person split up across the state of California. Everybody gets Mm -hmm. it. So, what's it for? They actually came up with money, dollar values for how much is owed to every African-American person in California for this, for that, for what you couldn't achieve, but you would have been able to achieve if there was no slavery because it's carried on all these decades and 140, 50, 60 years that long before we did away with slavery. We owe them that much money. Now, we didn't talk about this before we went on the air. I wanted to get your off-the-cuff opinion about this. Is there any way this this process or anything like it can possibly work in the nation?
2: Well, it, it can't work because, first of all, how we've talked about, the, you, you mentioned the difference between fairness and, and uh, equity. And it can't be fair because let's begin with the fact, as you rightfully pointed out, individuals, well, let's just start with myself. Okay. Not only did I never own a slave, nobody on either side of my family, my mother's or my father's families going back as far as we can research ever had the financial wherewithal to own slaves. Secondly, on my mother's side of the family, just a couple of generations back, they were sharecroppers themselves. You go back another generation, they were Choctaw, Apache, and black in my own bloodline. So if we're going to talk about fairness and equity. you got your hand up. What is my percentage <laughs> in the take? Or is it based surely purely on pigmentation? Because that that brings us to another question. Let's just talk about our, uh, just going back a couple of presidencies ago, Barack Hussein Obama. His father was not African-American. He was African. He was never an American. And he married a white gal from Washington State, and they produced a son by the name of, um. Uh, well, it, it, that wasn't his original name, but he became Barack Hussein Obama, all right? So, Barry, we'll call him, he becomes the president of the United States, and he is not the child of slavery, and he has a white mother. Is Barack Hussein Obama going to get a percentage of this uh reparations largesse just based on his pigmentation and if so is it going to be 50 percent? and it should be zero right i don't know i mean his but his his father was never an american citizen his but that doesn't matter, not the that didn't matter. Of slavery.
1: because of his skin color yeah he's living in that atmosphere that the slave owners built into the american lifestyle I mean, top to bottom, education, economy, healthcare. Their claims are that in every area of your life and mine that we all live in and share, we're advantaged and they're disadvantaged just because of their skin color. One more, and then we're going to get away from this because the phone will start ringing, and I don't want to (laughs) argue with anybody. This is not a racist conversation. This is a reality, a political, racial conversation conversation Kamala Harris our vice president she's not African-American her mother's Indian right her father's Jamaican and there's no African-American in that bloodline but she is known as the first African-American black Mm -hmm. African-American vice president right which is not true this is a Horrible, very dangerous place for this nation to go. Why? Because it's built-in divisiveness. It's like we're not divided enough right now. We need to throw some more gasoline on the flames, and let's do it on racial basis.
2: I see three powder kegs right now. Just three? Well, I'll I'll tell you what. We'll we'll call these uh, Steve Baker's top three powder kegs. fair. The the first one is... If you come to my home to take my child away from me because you don't like what I'm teaching them in their homeschooling process or because I'm not giving them gender affirming care or surgery at you know 13 or years old or eight years old or whatever. And you come to my home with the uh, department of whatever uh, from your state or your town to separate my child from you. All right, some of us are not getting out alive that day. <laughs> let's just let's just call it what it is. That's issue number one. Issue number two is if they start going door to door to round up the guns, somebody's not coming home that day. That's issue number two. Issue number three, and I'm telling you, and this is not has absolute. You, you know, you know my band back home. Dan, yes, is the ultimate multiracial band. Two of my horn players are black. My drummer's black. My last uh, female lead singer was black, and she uh, took a job in in Florida and had to move away. And I miss I miss Dan- Danny if you're listening. I love you and I miss you so much. And and we were great friends. And uh, my uh, my keyboard player is Filipino. And you know that I didn't hire a single one of those individuals because I was seeking to meet a diversity or an equity or an inclusion quotient. I hired them for their talent, for their uh, ability to integrate as, as a, a band needs to me and my sax player, we've been playing together for 23 years. Wow. Black man. And the point being is, is that, I reached out to each one of these individuals that I share a stage with and share life with for this many years now, not because of their skin color or in spite of, or because of some uh, grand scheme to be sure I can get hired by big companies because when they look at your photo of your band and go, okay, they've got, okay, yeah, they meet the diversity quotient so we can hire them. That's never a thought in my mind. So I don't have an issue with the the racial problem. It has never been an issue with me. But when you come to my home next time and you say to me, you are going to pay X number of percentage higher in taxation or in some other form, Uh, maybe inflation, because maybe they're just going to print the money. So they're going to give away, you know, $5 million to every person of a, I don't know. Well, it's,
1: it's 800 billion in California,
2: whatever, whatever it's going to be, Yeah. whatever it's going to be. I'm not jealous that they're getting 5 million and I'm not. I know that that $5 million is going to equate to not $7 for a dozen eggs, but it's going to be 15 now. Absolutely. And I know that gas is going to be $7 a gallon now. And I know what's going to happen as a result of that. And I'm telling you, that's going to be a gigantic flashpoint in this country.
1: I know you. I know you're not racist. But if you said to most of the people that are on the edge of this, that have bought into the mob thing about you know racism, reparations, and you explained what you just explained about all your band members and how, and it was diversity, but it just happened to be those were the right people, regardless of skin color, here would be their response. Well, you can say that, but hiring all these other people, you're white. You can't possibly be raceless. You just can't be. Why? Because built into you, just because of your skin color, is racism. So you're doing that for one reason and one reason only. They're token minorities. (laughs) They're the ones that you try to make yourself look racially diverse naturally, and you can't do that. You have to be African American. You have to have dark skin to be able to think that way. You're a white guy, an old white guy, by the way, which is the worst kind. Well, and, the, and you're from the South.
2: Yeah, I'm an old white guy with black blood and and Native American blood <laughs> flowing through my veins. I just happen to have a lighter skin pigmentation for, you know, the the the, the, the luck of the draw when it comes to genetics. We're going to move on in just a second, but let me break down. This group,
1: reparations group out in California, this is how deep they've died. Estimates for how much the state of California owes all African Americans that are out there for each different type of historic inequality, they came up with the number. A state that never had slavery, by the way. Yeah, they were a true. They were a free state when they came in when they became a state. But th- you know that doesn't matter. They were they carried over all of that stuff from their past. The panel gave the number of two thousand three hundred fifty-two dollars per person per year of residence For guess what? over-policing of black (laughs) neighborhoods, $2,352. I don't know where that came from, but they're not done yet. $3,366 per person per year of residency for, quote, discriminatory lending and zoning. We don't even need to launch into that. $13,619 per person per year of residence because of discrimination regarding health. And $77,000 per person for black-owned business losses and devaluations.
2: Do you, Dan, do you know why they did this? Yeah, absolutely. I know why. The, 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 the absurdity, the ridiculousness of trying to subdivide out and put a dollar sign all the way down to the pennies of what each <laughs> person should should get is because th- this is nothing more than a diversionary intellectual vomit on a page to make their constituencies think that this was a um, academic exercise to bring that equity that they're searching for. And, And it's not, they, this, this, at some point, And I'm not going to be vulgar on your show, but I'm on the verge. (laughs) Hey, we're not radio. I know we're we're not, but I'm not going to. (laughs) But at some point, they pulled this out of the nether regions of somebody's (laughs) butt. And they started with a figure that made no sense. And then they all got in a room somewhere and said, Now, let's subdivide this out and let's make it look like that this was an academic study and research done to fairly reach a conclusion on all of these, and it's total, complete Barbara Streisand.
1: Final comments on this is, from my perspective, this is a zero-sum game. Their picture is there's only so many dollars in the United States of America, and everybody's got to go grab their piece of it, and so everybody's going to do everything they can to get a bigger piece than the other guy. That's all it is. The love of money is the root of all evil. Mm. Fox News, Tucker Carlson in the news and will continue to be in the news. And there's a lot of reasons for it. We're going to break that down. And some stuff about Fox News you may not know about. Steve Baker with us here today. Back after this.
3: How hard is it to unlock your car? Not hard. How hard is it to shut your car door? Not hard. How hard is it to start your car? Not hard. How hard is it to put your seatbelt on? People are still dying in car accidents because they were not wearing a seatbelt, which is stupid because it's not that hard. Smarten up, buckle up. Think Road Safety, a message from the Government of South Australia.
0: Biggie bag, huh?
3: It's new from Wendy's everything you ever wanted for just five bucks. Everything I ever wanted? Wendy's bacon double stack, four nuggets, fries, a drink, and the spelling bee medal you lost in second grade because you couldn't spell soliloquy. It
0: really is everything I ever wanted.
3: Get a bacon double stack with a quarter pound of fresh beef, nuggets, fries, and a drink for just five bucks. Wendy's biggie bag is everything you ever wanted. Sorry, I'm going to need all that back. Really?
1: And Dan Newman goes together like beans and rice, brats and kraut, you and the future.
2: TNN,
1: the Truth News Network. Well, I hate to tell everybody, but the future is here. We're living it on a daily basis. You know, we're both Christians. Steve Baker here with us. And uh, I learned probably one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned as a Christian is it really doesn't do a lot of A lot of good to worry and struggle over stuff. Because if you're a Christian, you believe it's all going to work out. And so when you're looking now, I'm a 69-year-old, bald, overweight guy. How old are you?
2: 63 last Thursday.
1: Okay, six years younger than I am. You're getting to the point where all of a sudden you look and say, hmm, I got a lot more of my life behind me than I do ahead of me. But I still got hair. Well, yeah. Yeah. God made some men gray-headed and God made some men bald-headed and I, I got that, uh, that ball-headed thing. But anyway, when we're out there trying to figure life out, anything we feel we need to do, it's, you, you get an unction. Maybe you know you need to do something. Like when you went to Houston, went down there on the border and you uh, got with those investigators and found out about what's going on with those immigrant kids. Any resource that you need when you're doing something that God's leading you to do, you either already have it, or the second you need it, it's gonna be there. If you're a Christian, you gotta believe that. That whole concept is just evaporated across the United States of America, and everybody's got their hands up, hands out out, up, looking to somebody else for resources instead of of doing what uh, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, all of our forefathers did when they made sure that we had equality, that everybody has the exact same opportunity. Now, are some people not able to achieve what they're after? Sure, they're not. It may be a personal thing, and in the past and even some places today, it could be because of skin color, racism, There is no way racism is ever going to be eliminated any place on this planet because of human nature. So, what each person has got to find a way to live and do is make sure you exercise that equal opportunity thing. And it's not a zero sum game where there's so much goodness, there's only so much success, so many dollars that flood the United States of America. And you gotta go grab your share of it, and when you do get your share, that means you're taking it from someone else. That mindset is what is fueling this far left, give me something, Mr. Atmosphere, that has permeated the United States. We have at least one complete generation that is in the tank for that. Somebody owes me something. And because nobody's giving it to me, I'm depressed. I'm put down. I'm not as good as anybody else. You look at, just from the surface, look at all of the mental health issues that we have going on around for kids. Mm -hmm. Suicides among children is higher than it's ever been. They went through this lockdown. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't interact with their friends. They had no social interaction. And when you lose all of that, because some adults made it happen, you're going to get depressed yeah. as a kid. I mean, when you were a kid growing up here, you had friends all over the place. What if you couldn't go see those friends or interact with them at all?
2: You know what happened during the lockdown? And this is the this is going to come out. It's all well. It's already coming out in in the research that's uh, post COVID that's taking place. Is that and this may be my theme today about progressive playing progressives playing the long game. This is the third time I've said it since I've been sitting here is that one of the things that they started through the institutions uh, of our educational systems is they started programming so many of these woke ideas. We didn't, we, we weren't using the phrase wokeism yet or yeah, woke this or yeah. woke that at the time.
1: The concept was very much alive. The
2: concept was there. And they started telling children that just because of their skin color, that they were either wicked, evil or incapable. And sort of. Through the the uh, uh, what 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 do they call the racism of uh, you know uh, soft low expectations? You had children, black children, growing up with the mindset that they they they're being told in every every media platform and in their educational system and in their classrooms they're being told because of their skin color they can't achieve, that they're being held back. So they're, they're being programmed this now for a couple of generations. White children are being told because you, no fault of your own, you were born with lighter skin, you are inherently evil. You are an oppressor by your genetic code. So all of a sudden we're now 2 3 generations in of this programming taking place and now it's like they've embedded a code it's like a what do you what do you call what's what's it called when a when a, uh, a terror cell you know like a deep a deep uh, undercover terror cell is that one day the call is made oh yeah and what happened during the lockdowns is this programming that was taking place now or two or three generations was unleashed and when they shut those kids up and they couldn't interact with their friends and they couldn't leave the house and they, or even they had to go to school and have their faces covered all day for those who are allowed to go to school and they couldn't have a normal working, functional human, uh, interaction with society. It re- unleashed this, as you talked about this huge, um, 40% uh, uh, you know, teenagers clinically depressed and uh, expl- over 100% higher super suicide rates and so many other uh, uh, mental and emotional problems that were directly related to the lockdowns but see the code was already written and it was deeply implanted and then this thing triggered it and unleashed it and what happened now we come out on the other side of that and now Dan 40% of human children and teenagers are not LGBTQWKRP in Cincinnati. It's, that's not true. It is a lie. But this thing was unleashed, this programming, this co- encoding that had been taking place for so many generations by this lockdown. And that's why this has exploded. We We weren't dealing with this before covid but all of a sudden now we've come out on the other side of it and it is the number one topic you can't get away from it whether it's dylan mulvaney talking about selling bud light or or, or whether it's cha- uh, uh trans women uh in sports you know we have we have wet men winning all of the female sporting events now this all happened post covid now was some of it taking place yes but the explosion happened when they triggered the deep, deep embedded encoding that they've been working on for so many generations.
1: It's about accumulation without earning anything. It's about somebody's got to give it to me, allow me, give me that opportunity, and that means taking it away from someone else. What happened 20 years ago? National Organization of Women. Gloria Steinem, now. You remember that?
2: Okay, of course.
1: Women's rights, women's rights. And now the woman is under greater attack now than ever before by the woke crowd because of transgenderism. There is no such thing as changing your sex. I said it. I'm not politically correct. There is no such thing. Changing Your Sex. I had a doctor on this show four years ago when we first started. She was an expert in it. In that field, she dealt with kids and she made the statement she got in so much trouble she lost some consulting contracts because of what she said on this show. She said, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but she said, you can't change your sex. Sex is determined by one thing and one thing only. Your chromosomal change." and you can't change that biologically or artificially yep. it's there that's the way it's going to be we can't accept that anymore so what do we have to do we got to put somebody down oh well we're not going to put men down we're not going to put women down we're just going to give everybody the right to just self identify hey i'm a pig yeah i'm going to oink i'm a dog i'm going to bark i played a a, a, a segment on this show yesterday and i want you to hear it let me let me i'm gonna i'm gonna find it during our next break a woman at a school board meeting what she did she went in and self-identified as a cat what she had to say was epic so your comments as we close this out and i'm gonna find that sound
2: bite and play it while you're talking my comments on this right now are that your lead up was, in fact, probably five or six. (laughs) George Orwell, whether it's animal farm, whether it's 1984, (laughs) it is that black is white, up is down. War is peace. And they are going to tell us what they want us to believe. And then After we believe it, they're going to then stand that on the head, on its head, and tell us to believe exactly the opposite again. And they're going to do that so many times that we no longer can think for ourselves. We're only going to be able to operate and think and believe or say or repeat or regurgitate whatever the approved narrative is from whoever's in control and whoever's in power. And that was the point that Orwell was making. that were fighting for you know, women's suffrage and then all the way up through uh, the the ERA and then the uh, National Organization of Women and all, all of these things. And as you said, and you properly you properly pointed this out, now today women are more under attack than any other time in their history because they're being forced to uh, uh, set aside their own goals, their own dreams, their own efforts or subservient themselves to Men biological genetic men who now are taking a, their achievements away from them and coming into their bathrooms or locker rooms, or whatever the case may be. And that is exactly what's happening. George Orwell was a prophet. If we're going to tell you one thing, and then tomorrow we're going to tell you the exact opposite, and you're going to believe both of them <laughs> to be true.
1: And you better accept that That's or right. else. 40 years ago, I was in Ruston, living there after college, and I got involved in announcing of women's basketball. Louisiana Tech Lady Texters won four national championships. Mm -hmm. I remember the whole atmosphere around the nation about women's basketball. Wow. Then we did the Title IX thing to make sure that in athletics, women got the same funding at every public event institution or any institution that gets federal dollars to make sure they get the same shake as do the guys that's gone right now they have totally obliterated the rights equal rights of women by giving some of those rights to biological men
2: where is this coming from the pit of hell if we can just uh, not put too fine a point on it but this is coming from a concerted plan as we talked about before this is this is the long march this is in fact this is a concerted th- the very definition of progressivism is exactly that and and they know they knew that they could not take over this country with a war they knew that they couldn't overthrow us by landing troops on our shores you remember the famous... It's never been proven that it was said, but the, the, um, the Japanese general who said, no, you, you, don't want to, you don't want to attack America. And he said this in the 40s because there's a rifle behind every blade of grass is what he said. <laughs> Boy, he was right. Well, and now even, even more so. But they decided that we can do this another way. And playing that long game they began the process of through the institutions, through our media, through our news services, through our schools, through every single, um, through our churches, yeah, and yeah. we're going to get to them that way, and that's what they've successfully accomplished.
1: Going into our previous break, I told you coming out we were going to talk about Fox News and Tucker Carlson. We got off that topic, but I think we need, and I want to while you're here in person, I want to get your thoughts on that because you've had personal relationships with Tucker's people. In fact, you were on his show a few weeks before he was canned. I want to get into the latest with you, and we're going to let you hear the cat woman Oh, and that school board. That's all
2: just ahead. Taking a family of five to the amusement park can cost a small fortune.
0: Oh, yeah. So, to save some money, we thought, hey, let's bring the amusement park to us. Go ahead.
2: All right. Uh, Step right up. Step right up, young man. Are you ready to ride the wacky waterfall?
1: That's just the bathtub with the shower head running.
2: Nope. It's the wacky waterfall.
0: It's the shower, Dad. Waterfall.
2: Wacky. There's an easier way to save. To get a free rate quote, go to GEICO.com. Then buy online, over the phone, or at your local GEICO office. Could switching to Geico really save you fifteen percent or
0: more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee 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 all the way home? Wee! 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 Wee!
2: Wee! 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 wee, wee, wee!
1: Yeah. You're
2: home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. Fifteen minutes
3: could save you fifteen percent or more.
2: You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate. So you've been avoiding (laughs) M&M's. Yeah. Well, fear no more.
0: Huh?
2: M&M's Dark Chocolate to the Rescue.
0: My heroes.
2: M&M's Dark Chocolate Candies. Available wherever fine
3: candies are sold
1: Okay, we're back at it. Steve Baker in studio with us today, and we're talking about, at least so far, some of the most important things in our lives, at least right now. I told you, Steve, about this woman, and uh, before we get into the Fox News stuff, I wanted you to hear this. This woman that got into a school board meeting, and, you know, when they give the people in the audience a chance to come up and ask questions or speak. She got up and came up, up to the front and I saw the video of it and she's dressed from head to toe looking like a cat. She had on a cat, scoot, uh, cat suit. She had the cat ear. She had the uh, the nose and a tail. And I want you to listen to what she had to say. Probably the most salient explanation for what we have just been talking about here.
0: And I am a cat, meow meow. I'm not a woman dressed as a cat, I am a cat. By show of hands I'm curious, uh, how many of you believe and confess that I'm a cat? Great, I am. by show of hands I'm curious, how many of you believe that your child or a child from this school would believe that I'm actually a cat? No one. You are right, why? Because you are not stupid and these children are not stupid truth prevails over imagination reality exists discernment is innate and something we are biologically wired to have one look at me and you know this to be true i am a woman posing as a cat you may also think correctly that if i truly believe i'm a cat i have a mental disorder if i suffer from a mental disorder and if i'm unable to discern reality am i safe to be around children would you put me in charge of making critical decisions about the safety and well-being of children and about the direction of their education when I cannot even discern truth from fiction. Confession, I'm not actually a cat, guys, just because I say I am. You've not agreed to or committed to addressing me as a cat simply because I demand it. No tail, whiskers, or outfit makes me a cat, just like no lipstick, high heels, or long hair makes him a man, a woman. It is just as biologically impossible for me to become a cat as it is for a man to be a woman. And you have one job as members of this school board, and it's defined as this. School board members are responsible for broad, forward-thinking, minute analysis, and decisive action in all areas that affect students and staff in their schools. I ask you, do you believe that the actions of a grown man playing dress up as a woman affects the students and staff positively or negatively? A public school is not the place for social experiments in altered realities or gender ideologies. It is not the place to celebrate a grown man with a mental illness, dressing as a woman and teaching kids lies. Children come to school to learn facts and truths about reality, including unchanging biological truths about science and nature, not to learn that they can change biological realities and become anything they want in the name of diversity. What you're actually doing is worse than just lying to our kids. You're forcing them to be participants in your lie, in your charade. You're forcing them to deny what they see with their eyes and you're forcing them to speak lies. I ask you again, am I a cat? And if you say no, then the mindset must be aligned with your discernment across the board. By allowing a falsity to be displayed and paraded around the school, you teach children that truth is not existent, facts are not real, and biology is a lie. You fail at your job, your only job, by confusing children and teaching them untruths and to coddle a grown man playing dress up as a woman. If you were to address me as a cat right now, It's as ridiculous as when you say Miss Bixler and a grown man's voice comes thundering over the...
2: Thank you.
1: Her time was up. Uh, Yeah, a little thunder in the background. That's kind of appropriate. Your thoughts on what she had to say.
2: My thoughts are simply this, is that 90%, I guarantee 90% of the people that are voting for this crap right now, 90% of these school board members, that are allowing this to happen. That if they. If that person. Who was pretending to be something other than what they are. Showed up at their door to babysit. Their children. And let's say. You thought you were hiring a 16 year old. Uh, young girl. To come over and babysit. Your two. Uh, pre-pubescent children. At home. A toddler and a 8 year old. So that you could go out on town with your wife. Go to movie and a dinner or whatever and that 16 year old female babysitter shows up and has a five o'clock shadow big old adam's apple and a bulge in her pants you're not you're you're slamming the door and you're not happening but it's that but it 90 of that same people who would not allow that to happen to them are voting for this stuff to be in our schools
1: It's amazing to me how long this mindset has been out there, but it's been closeted. And all of a sudden, somebody rang the bell, said, you're free, come out of the closet. And it's everywhere. Transgenderism is everywhere. You can't convince me. You just can't convince me. No proof that this is a real thing and that it's always been there. But it is. It's there. And it's eating the nation alive. We only have 30 minutes left on the show. I want to get into the Fox News conversation. You and I both have been doing what we're doing for a long time. We're into the political stuff, I think, basically because we're fact finders. We're trying to dig things out and share those things that we dig with people so that they all can make educated decisions having facts to use when they do that. That's not a bad thing. Fox News, for years now, in the news world, has been the only place to go to get real conservative thoughts on all the important things of life. But it just seems to me, with this Tucker thing that came up over the last 30, 45 days, it didn't just happen two weeks ago. It's been boiling. We found that out later. But it seems to me that this is part of something bigger than just making a change and doing away with the number one revenue producer on a one-hour show five days a week, $78 million in ad revenue in 2022 alone. It seems there's more to it than that. What is your thought about the reasoning for all of this happening and it happening right now?
2: I, I actually mentioned this in the, the last hour, Dan, is that this is an overall concerted effort uh, to silence voices. They're not going to, and, and everyone knows this, and I have to clarify, and you have to go into a long explanation, so I'm going to try to keep the, the, the explanation as short as possible. Tucker's going to be fine. His voice is not going to be silenced. He's probably going to be bigger and more wealthy than he has ever been by multitudes. That's coming. But... What they have done is they have marginalized him. He'll be fine, but they've marginalized him and been able to shove him off to a side of the aisle where he can be characterized more so than he ever has been now as an extremist. And that's where they're marginalized, marginalizing all of this. And this is my biggest problem that I'm having right now with Congress and that I'm having with the weaponization committee, this alleged weaponization committee, is because they're not looking at exactly the right thing. I don't know that. I, I I can't tell you. I can't tell you whether Representative Jim Jordan doesn't understand it, or if he does and is ignoring it, or if he's owned and bought off by big tech or China. I don't know. But for some reason that I have yet to determine and be fully, completely convinced of, is that they do not understand. That this weaponization of the three-letter agencies against the American people is a concerted, very focused process of moving your voice, my voice, Tucker's voice off to the side so they can paint us, mark us, put the scarlet letter on us, tag us, chip us as a domestic terrorist. By virtue of our voice, by virtue of our opinion, by virtue of what we think. That's it.
1: I think most Americans agree with that. But here's where we are. I get calls and texts and emails every day asking me a question. What is going to happen to Fox News? Is it going to be the conservative voice for news on television? Or is it going to get watered down and turn into MSNBC or CNN? Well, first of all,
2: Fox was never intended to be, I don't know, you even know this, Dan, or if your audience knows this. Fox was never intended to be the conservative voice. Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch and his clan and his billions are not conservative or libertarian voices. It's not a libertarian think tank. It's not libertarian conservative money. Rupert Murdoch hosted fundraisers for conservatives. Hillary Clinton, in the 2016 election cycle against Donald Trump. Murdoch's son more recently gave $20 million to the Biden campaign.
1: That's Lachlan, the son who's supposed to be running Fox News. You have Lachlan and James here that are doing the dirty business we're living in. Right.
2: This is not only not conservative money. These are not conservative people. These are not Americans. (laughs) <laughs> let let that sink in for a moment. They're Limeys, they're the from Australia. The only reason that Fox News took the direction that it did was because Roger Ailes was in there and he convinced Rupert Murdoch, you realize that half of the country is being ignored and he was able to use an example of look what look what Rush Limbaugh did to AM radio. He took a dying technology and made it not just revive he didn't just revive it on its deathbed he turned it into a massive money-making machine single-handedly because he gave and identified half of the nation was not getting the the, the news and in the and the truth well, is you know the truth news network right they weren't getting the truth and and the people were hungry for it. And when Rush hit the airwaves in 1988, there was an explosion and there was a tectonic shift in the media landscape as a result of that. You fast forward seven years, Fox News rolls out in 95. Roger L has the same conversation with Rupert Murdoch and goes, let's just go ahead and give them what they want. So Ailes, as a conservative himself, shaped the network and the narrative and the, the focus and the hiring of who he needed to accomplish that. And again, another tectonic shift took place in the narrative or in, in, in the, the media structure. And as a result of that, uh, the, the Murdochs made more billions than they had ever made before. But now, again, playing the long, guy, long game, and we know this term, controlled opposition, playing the long game, it's time to now start bringing things back to where we need them. Black is white, up is down, war is peace. We're going to tell you way, the way things are today. Tomorrow, we're going to tell you the exact opposite, and you're going to believe both of them, Dan.
1: So you got three three of the Murdochs that are all up in this thing. you got the dad, Rupert. He's in his early 90s. You've got Lachlan, who is the kind of go-to fast runner of the group, and then James, who is kind of, you know, he's there, and he's in the process, but he's not as active. When they went out and hired Paul Ryan to be on their board and come to New York, Paul Ryan was the Speaker of the House, right. Trump's first two years, and then he didn't run for re-election. Fox hired him. He is, at best, a rhino, Republican in name only. A few weeks ago, he said if Donald Trump wins the Republican nomination for president, he's not going to go to the Republican convention. Mm-hmm. That's not a very conservative position to take. Is Fox News, in your opinion, are they headed back towards left of center, where they probably in the early years were, maybe not, but at least now they're far, far to the right of center. Are we going to see a big change there the other
2: way? I... I think that that's where they're headed. It's not going to be an overnight thing. They're not going to just flip a switch and suddenly become MSNBC because they still have to generate this ad revenue. That's still an important part of the process. But it's again, you can affect the agenda much more effectively by the slow game, by the long march, by doing it subversively, by delivering your message again in a controlled opposition sort of way, give the people what they want, give them their bread and circuses, give them tickle their ears, give them just enough truth to think that Fox is still their home while inserting underneath the radar are yeah. embedded in the narrative the truths and affecting the agenda the way that we need it and want it to go now. And this is what worries me the most, even as I said before, going all the way back up into Congress, I'm seeing the exact same thing happening in the GOP. And you, you bring up the issue with Paul Ryan and um, Trump and I'm, I'm, I'm horrible, horribly disturbed by what I'm seeing in the GOP right now, especially in the narratives of not only the politicos themselves, but by their, their um, their uh, pack leaders, by their staffers, by the uh, fundraising, by the people on their staffs that are controlling the narrative on Twitter. I mean, there is a there is a civil war taking place right now inside the GOP, and it is ugly. And they have forgotten Reagan's eleventh commandment. Yeah. And if they don't get control of this right away, one of two things is going to happen in twenty twenty four. We're going to ultimately see an 86 year old president by the name of Joseph Robinette Biden, or we're going to see um, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom become president. Newsom. Oh my gosh! I think that's where we're headed. I think that's I, I think that's the table they're setting right now.
1: They may be trying, but let me let me just point something out. Overnight, news came out about Donald Trump. As a matter of fact, you just got a text a minute ago from somebody on his staff, mm-hmm. right? I know you're involved with, with them as well as you have been with uh, Tucker Carlson. I want to ask you what it's about. But Trump, he continues to dominate in the ratings. Yeah. More and more people are looking for the answer to all of this nuttiness that we've been talking about ad nauseum today. And they're not finding leaders anywhere on the left side of the spectrum that can get us out of all of this. How long, how long do you think it, it's going to take the rest of the nation to look at their lives today compared to their lives two or three years ago? Top to bottom, socially, health care, politically, economically. I mean, there is no comparison. How could anybody think the stuff going on today is okay to continue to do going forward? Let me give you the numbers. Ron DeSantis, who I like a lot, I liked him when he was in Congress. He went back to Florida. He's done a great job down there. He came at the right time to Florida. Mm -hmm. There was a perfect opening for him. They needed somebody that is a nuts and bolts, roll up the sleeves, go in there and get it fixed. He's done a great job there. Right now, as of yesterday, among likely GOP primary voters, 58%, 58% percent say they're going to vote for Trump. Mm-hmm. 22% say they're going to vote for Ron DeSantis, who hasn't declared but he's running ads and doing all that kind of stuff. I think it's inevitable. Maybe just maybe he'll think twice about this and make a change there. That's a big jump. 58% yeah. to 22%, a 36 percentage point difference. Now, that doesn't tell me that there's that big a gap in Republicans around the nation. But what it tells me is there is a strong and stronger and getting stronger almost daily cry among true conservatives, not just Republicans, but independents too. And I'm one of those. You're kind of in the middle yourself. We've got to get somebody at the top of the heap that can just at least, if not more, But at least get us to where we were from like 2018, 19 when things, minus COVID, but things got really, really good. Mm -hmm. Revenue through the roof, energy independent, uh, respect around the globe from leaders in other nations and people in other nations. And we didn't have any wars going on anywhere. People that are everyday Americans, they're the ones, we're the ones that are living through these insane decisions that have been made during this administration. And none of them are explainable with any kind of factual basis or justification. It's just simply political narrative being shoved down the throats of Americans. And forget about that rule of law thing. I mean, we don't have to stop people at the southern border. We don't have to do that. I'm Joe Biden. The people want to open these borders. They want to let all these people come in and better themselves. Forget about those 600,000 criminal acts that happened against Texans in a two-year period. Everything from murder to breaking and entering. Oh, that's okay. That's the price we pay as being the greatest, most open nation on the planet. Everybody gets the opportunity to come here and make their lives better. It's not working, Steve, and Americans are beginning to cry louder and louder and louder. Give us answers. Well,
2: you, you asked me at the very beginning of that monologue right there. I'm sorry. No, I, I get a little passionate. Yeah, it, we both are today. But you asked me the question, how long is it going to be before the average American starts waking up and seeing this? I, I follow President Trump's Twitter account. Uh, not Trump, uh, Biden. I Biden, it, yeah. Biden's I was going to say, yeah. yeah. So I follow Biden's Twitter account, and every single day, and we know he's not tweeting. We know that this is some staffer that's assigned to this. I job.
1: guarantee he hasn't ever been able right. to
2: tweet. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't even know what it is. And as a result of whoever is tweeting in his name, every single day, multiple times a day, in Biden's name only— we are hearing from him that inflation is going down, the economy is getting stronger, more people have jobs than have had in 50 years, that we have manufacturing returning to America, that America is stronger than it's ever been, that the borders are safe, that they're secure. And then on the other hand, we also hear that if we can get common sense gun control And can save just one life, it'll be worth it to take these weapons of war off the street. So we hear all of this stuff, and then we hear it parroted yet again by uh, his press secretary every day.
1: And you asked me... Illegal immigration down 90% as of of yesterday. Of course it was. That's that's the leading media liaison for our government. Illegal immigration down 90% under Joe Biden. So
2: that's what they're saying. They're saying it, and they say it over and over and over until the lie becomes what the people believe is to be the truth. And that is it. So when you ask me how long before they come around, Dan, (laughs) they're not coming (laughs) around. They're not coming around. They're not coming around because this is a proven methodology repeat the lie enough times, it becomes the truth. How many times have I said it already today? Black is white, up is down, war is peace.
1: I think the end game politically for the left, I think it is to totally divide Americans and to be able to, I don't know, build a wall theoretically, but build a wall around conservatives and progressives. I don't know who gave them that name, but it's anything but progressivism.
2: Right. It's regressive. Yeah, it's the it's exact opposite but of that. that. But that's part of the, that. Again, yeah.
1: war is peace. Yeah. Put a wall around, separate everybody, and just live life having a little bitty group in the middle. <sighs> we'll call them bureaucrats, uh, autocrats, whatever you want to name them. But they're the ones that have garnered the power to make all these decisions, to do something or not to do something. And they give us reasons, and it doesn't matter if the reasons are factual to base on or not. It makes no difference. If it's fits their political narrative of the day, whichever one it is, change your gender, um, change your skin color. Let's damn everybody that has a different skin color or a different religion or a different idea on the Second Amendment or the First Amendment or the Fourteenth Amendment. Just keep us divided, divided throughout history on the globe. When people are divided, they can be beat in a war. You divide people, you put two or more groups together, and they're fighting against each other. The only people that ever win are the people that are in the middle. I think we're headed down that road right now.
2: Yeah. And I, I you know, I, I don't want to see the nation... Split. I don't want to see two Americas, but I don't know, man. You, you build a big wall around Texas, I might go.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me to see a group of Texans upright. People think now that Texas is awoke just because of what's happening in Austin. Yeah. Austin's the only place in the state that has a woke mentality. Everybody else, almost without exception, Across the state, they are Second Amendment proponents, First Amendment proponents, smaller government. We want our rights back. Get out of our lives. Leave us alone. I wouldn't be surprised if that group got together and they literally started a secession process to leave the United States of America.
2: But I already have the Austin solution. Which is? Well, the, the, the Austin solution was given to us by the uh, the Soviets when they <laughs> captured Berlin, you, they separated be- Berlin and cut it in half. Yeah. They built a big wall around Berlin, and then they made a highway fenced off all the way to West Germany. So you you know, so from Berlin to West Germany, you could drive through a fence until you got to Berlin, which of course was in East Germany. And when you got when you got there, the half that was connected was free. The other half, of course, was part of the Soviet Empire. And so basically, you just do the same thing with Austin. We fence off Austin. (laughs) We make it like the escape from New York or escape from, you know, LA. You fence off Austin. You give them a highway to either Mexico or New Mexico, and that's it. And they can come and go from Austin to Mexico (laughs) as as, as they please. And they're just fenced off from the rest of the state. That's the Austin solution.
1: So here we've spent 240 years as a nation trying to make everything. Well, it not equal, but give everybody the same opportunities to achieve. Whatever your dreams are, whatever you want to be, we give you the opportunity. Everybody's treated fairly, equal, under the law. All of that's been obliterated. There is no equality in the justice system here. We have an attorney general that refuses to hold anybody accountable for their criminality. Alejandro Mayorkas. Homeland Security Secretary, he's a lawyer. Every day, he tramples all over the Constitution. And the immigration laws that were all passed when Joe Biden was a U.S. senator, he voted for him. He's suborning all of that illegal action. And there's no good end to all of this in sight. We better get on our knees We better begin to find ways to get other people to open their eyes and get involved in the political system, because if we don't, the political system is going to own you and me, our kids, our grandkids, and every generation to come. Political parties, Thomas Jefferson once said, if I had to be, and I'm paraphrasing it, but if I had to be... A member of a political party to go to heaven, I would never see the pearly gates. Yeah, yeah. Division, right? that is the tool that is being used. I encourage everybody listening in today, I encourage you to find a way to communicate better and more with the people that are in your circle of influence. And even though you are going to get pushback by some, give them facts, challenge them, You don't have to get in their faces to do it like the progressives do to conservatives. I mean, every progressive, when they talk to a conservative, if you don't agree with everything they say, they hate you. Mm -hmm. Conservatives, on the other hand, got your opinion. I'll give you my opinion. If you accept it, great. If you don't, I'll pray for you. Hope you do well and turn around and walk off. That's the world in which we live today. We've got to find ways to make it work. Steve-O. It's always good to have you on the show, whether virtually or in person. It's much better in person, and I'm sure you kind of like getting that cinnamon roll.
2: Yeah, well, it's all, I, I will come through here anytime I can, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I will always partake in those wonderful cinnamon rolls. Thank quick, you for that. Quick final thoughts. My final thoughts? Yeah, real quick. Dan, uh, we've said a lot of... Uh, we issued a lot of warnings today. Yeah. we've said a lot of scary things. Yeah, uh, we've not painted a great picture of the, the future, but there's still hope. Absolutely, we know what that hope is. Yeah, and we have to um, we have to wake up every single morning. You know, I, I, turning turning 63 the other day, and I was reading a story about Clint Eastwood. And he's doing his final picture now. You know, he's directing his final yeah. motion picture at 92 years old. And somebody asked him, they said, how are you able to do this at 92 years old? And he said, I wake up every morning and I don't let the old man in. What a great song that is. Yeah.
1: If you'd have told me you were going to end with that today, I'd have played it on the way out. That's a great thought, though. Yeah. Don't let the old man in. So everything we've said today, just don't let it in. Gotcha. you. Folks, that's a wrap on the show today. Steve O, welcome anytime. Of course, he's on every Tuesday normally. And we thank you for being here. You guys have a great hump day. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here at TNN Live. So long, everybody.